Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santa Maria with you and it's time. We are literally just a day or two away now from the start of the NBL 23 season. The Blitz is in the books. All teams are ready to go and round one is just around the corner. So to preview the start of the season, to talk with me about the five big talking points coming into round one, I've got Adam Gibson, who is coming into the commentary team this season, of course, two-time NBL champion, 460 NBL games, 25th all-time in games played in the NBL, and of course, an Olympian, a man who has done everything and is now going to step into the commentary team this season. So sit back, relax. Up next, Adam Gibson. Gibbo, what's happening, mate? Mate, pleasure to be on the on the huddle with you. Obviously, I've uh, I've switched over to the commentary side of things, the broadcast side. It's exciting. Obviously, like anything you do for the first time, it'll take some time. But um, I'm excited to jump in in the hot seat. Good stuff, my man. Good stuff. Now, where where are you in? Are you moving house? What's what? Are, it's very empty. Nah, look. Post career, I thought I'd, I'd take up some coaching, so I've got a nice little warehouse out here in Notting Hill, and I've good in, insight from you to put some trophies and stuff in here so it's all the process got some painting going on outside so that'll be next some uh, some trophies and some memorabilia here for for the uh, the shelves and i like the fact you've got your own logo as well you if you're not you're not really popping unless you've got your own logo talk us through you got to you know when i was starting my own business i thought well, you know what could it be ag1 obviously i've won number one my whole career for 461 nbl games so i thought why not go with that and um you know the black the white and the blue i think work well together so created my own logo had my own business um and just love being able to coach kids love it was it 461 did i did i rob you of a game yeah, well, I think they counted the, the one filling game for the Phoenix last year as a COVID replacement. Even though I didn't get on in the game, I think that counts. I like the 460. It sounds cleaner, but I think in the record books, it might be 461. So okay. I'll have a chat to the stat man because once you get up to that, I'd said 25th all time, every single game counts. I think I'm still short of number 24 though. So I was oh about 10, 10 or 15 off. I think Sam Mack maybe is around the area. So... I think um, you've got him beat. I think he's 459. Well, there we go. Still <laughs> decent. Hey, uh, I mentioned you're coming into the commentary team. It's going to be good working with you this season. Great job at the Blitz. Um, you, you called some games. How are you enjoying it thus far? Yeah, obviously, I, I was a little bit nervous. Um, the first, you know, two games, obviously never doing it, doing it before. You need a little room, the TV and some stats and... Um, I tried to prepare as best I could around, you know, personnel, what they did the last games, do as much research as possible. Um, and that's all just going to be a learning curve. But, you know, the second time around, I felt more comfortable. I had a better conversation, uh, you know, with Joel and relaxed a little bit more. Um, you know, I got taught to smile when you speak because apparently that sounds better on camera. And, you know, all little little tips and tricks that I'll pick up along the way. But it was a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to this weekend. For sure, man. For sure. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit about uh, more about that uh, as we go. I said off the top, we're going to hit on the five big, interesting talking points coming into round one. Now, there may be others that people find interesting, but these are the ones that jumped off the page for me. And we're going to start with Joe Chi. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. It was announced this morning by the Phoenix that they've brought the big fella from China back into the mix this season. Pretty amazing sign. You kept they kept the 11th spot open right to the this pointy end of proceedings, and then bang, they bring Joe Chi back into the mix. 
what, what are your thoughts right off the top about that? Well, obviously a great signing, first of all. I, I, I had some inside information from some of his, um, you know, his team um, in the previous weeks that he wasn't going to come back. Um, so I was quite shocked last night when I heard and seen the news. Obviously, it's big time for the Phoenix. I think late in their season, they started to use him really well. They established him in the post and they went to him in the block. Um, and he, he was dominant for probably the last four or five games. So to bring someone like him back that now knows the league, that um, you know knows how it's umpired and refereed and who he's going to play against, I think adds another string to the Phoenix bow that I think they needed. Um, obviously, I'm, we'll, we'll probably talk about their injuries at the, at the moment, but um, to add him along with Creaky, Alan Williams, Dane Pino, their bigs are solid now, and that's a real, real focus they can go to, um, especially with a lot of their guards out injured for probably the first couple of rounds. Yeah, so they do have those injuries. Gary Brown, not as bad as they first thought. So he's probably not very far away. Obviously, Ryan Brockoff missing time right now. Trey Kell missing time. Your man Creaky just coming back into the mix after sitting out all of preseason. So it's going to be, and, and Joe Chi's not going to be here for the first three or four games is, is the understanding. So it's going to be an interesting start to the season for the Phoenix. But when they have that whole group together, that is a team stacked with talent the question is how does that all work how does that work in that front court with creaky with big source and with joe chi and how do they make sure that they're getting the best out of all three of those guys well first of all you couldn't have asked for probably a worse preseason leading um you know to have your two man and your three man not really play at all in, in pretty much all five games creaky didn't play in all five games or maybe one, um, and then Gary Brown getting injured. So to have basically you starting one, two, three, and four not play is not ideal. And then add in Joe Chi, who will come in late. He'll be good when he gets you because he knows the system and knows the guys well, but horrible, horrible preparation. But when you add in all those guys, um, you know, Joe Chi isn't going to play 40 minutes. So there's minutes there for him to play. You know, Alan Williams showed that he can be a post presence as well. And Creaky, I think, potentially could slide to the three position, um, depending on how, you know, Brockoff goes and how healthy he gets. So they've got different ways they can play. Um, you know, I think Gary Brown's a great point guard that will organize and set them up and get him into offenses, either for their shooters or for their posts to get good looks. And I think that's going to be the challenge for Simon this year is to, to run offense for these guys, like I said before, they did it the end of last season with Joe Chi, a focus to get him the ball in the post. Um, and they need to do that again. They need to run offense for Brian Brockoff to be able to shoot threes or to at least get him looks to open up the floor for everyone else. So it'd be a rough start. You know, they got guys like Kyle and Ruben Tranger that have been around that'll step in. And Kyle shown last year that he can do that. He can step in, play big minutes. Um, yeah, but it's, it's going to be a very interesting start to the season for them. They've also brought in Malcolm Bernard as an injury replacement for the period of time here at the start of the season. Well, what can you tell us about him? Of course, played with Bendigo in the NBL one. Yeah, he's a scorer. Uh, he's a left-hander. He's an athlete. We played him in an elimination, in a elimination final um, at the end of the NBL one season. He can score in multiple ways. He can shoot the ball. He can shoot threes and he's really good to get to the hoop. So um, he's obviously not a point guard. So that's obviously uh, something they need to kind of fix, I guess, for the first couple of rounds, depending on how Gary Brown goes. But um, he, he'll provide an impact. And I would, would assume he'll be coming into score with Brockoff not in the game. 
You talked a little bit before we move off the Phoenix here, you talked a little bit about how they need to use Joe Chi at the offensive end, what they ended up doing late in the season where they made him a real focal point of putting him in the block, sitting some little up picks to give him a little advantage on the catch and then give him an opportunity to go to work. You were there with the Phoenix on the day-to-day last season as they made that adjustment. What, what are the, what's, how do they make sure that's obviously got to be the focus at the offensive end? The big question mark is also defensively. Now, Bogut, for example, midway through last season, the Phoenix was sitting second on the ladder and he said, that team's not making the finals because Simon Mitchell is a hard show coach and Joe Chi can't defend that way. And I don't think it's going to work. Now, was that the only reason they didn't make the playoffs? No, but he that was his read at the time. And in the end, they weren't there. What do they need to do with him at the defensive end to put him in a position to be his most impactful? Well, I would play him like Andrew Bogut. Um, you know, Sydney showed that he just sits in the paint. The guards get over their screens. They, they funnel all the guards down into the paint and you live with mid-range contested shots. Um, you're going to make some and teams have showed against Sydney and Bogut um, that they did. But over the course of the game, you don't want to live with contested twos, contested mid-range shots. So Sydney just played by the numbers. Bogut sat back. Guards didn't go under and give up easy three-point shots. They just got over the screens, run the guards into Bogut. And with a contested hand, guards contesting from the side, they live with that. And eventually they're going to dry up. So I think that with Joe Chi, he's better off doing that, using his wingspan. Guards can get up and in and pressure the ball a lot more and just send them all into him where he can he can block shots and, and make plays at the hoop. Just not with Bryce. Not with Bryce. You just double... <laughs> Come and double team or just do not let him catch the ball. Definitely not with Bryce Cotton. But anyone else, get over. And yeah. It, you, it, you just work, to... it works with 99% of the league. It just, there's this Correct. one guy who just happens to be the scoring leader every single season who you just can't defend like that. You sit off Bryce Cotton anywhere and you're going to pay. So except for him, every, <laughs> everyone else, get over and funnel, funnel into the paint. All right, hey, let's let's hit the second big talking point coming into round one. And it's interesting because this team's not going to be involved. They're not going to be here for the first couple of rounds. It's the Adelaide 36ers, fresh off an undefeated run through the blitz. They are up and rolling and firing, and they're loaded with talent. Um, so, But there's a bit to unpack with this team. We know the fact that they're legit and they're stacked. And it's, you know, as long as they can stay together and they can buy in and they can sacrifice, they're going to be really successful this season. They're going to be in the mix. But the, I guess the two talking points for me here is what do we think they can get done against the Phoenix Suns and the Oklahoma City Thunder? And then secondly, what kind of impact do you think not being here for these first couple of rounds will have for their NBL 23 campaign? First of all, I, I commentated both of their games or two of their games and. I'm high on them. I think they're a top four team for sure. CJ's put that team together. He's handpicked them all. Um, obviously, they've spent a lot, but they're great pickups. So I've, I've got them really high on my list. Um, as far as gelling, I think guys like Cleveland, he doesn't care if he scores 20 points or two points. He's not that he's not that he's a defender at the end of the day. Now, he came out and had 27 points and went four or four from three in the first Ooh. quarter and Absolute made me look silly for saying you live with that shot if you're the other team. So they have weapons, but he's, I don't think he's going to get mad if he doesn't get 15 touches a game. Um, 
you know, guys like Franks, I think the same thing. He's happy to pick and pop and pick his moments in games. So I think CJ would do a good enough job of getting their guys the shots and the ball. And I think Mitch McCarron and Sunday Ditch's point guards, same way. Mac is going to come down and, and know who needs a shot or who hasn't had a shot. DJ hasn't touched the ball. Let's keep him happy. Um, as far as going overseas, and that that's actually a tough trip. It's tougher than you think. We We did that same thing with Brisbane. We played a game in Perth. We come home, we went away. That travel, that time change, that whole process for us coming back kind of set us back um, for the start of the season. So it's a lot of fun. The games are going to be incredible. I know Cleveland said they're going over the win, which is awesome. Um, and that should be the mindset, but it can affect their, their preparation for the start of the season. Um, shout out Grant Kelly, firstly. Because you need owners, you need coaches like CJ has obviously done here and you need owners who want to go and play these games. And from a neutral perspective and from a, you know, somebody who just wants the NBL to be as successful and have enough cut through into the mainstream sporting public as possible, these games are really important and are really great. And if by some miraculous chance one of these teams does break through at some stage, it would be enormous for our league. So you need people that are willing to do that um, man, I think that they've got a, enough talent and with Craig Randall and Robert Franks in particular, enough individual scoring power to maybe get hot and hang with one of these teams. I mean, I spoke oh, on, on NBL Overtime today about how Melbourne United got within one point of OKC. The New Zealand Breakers, the year after you went to Phoenix, they went there and lost by five points. There's been a couple of other games that were single-digit games in the fourth quarter. So it's not like the teams have been in every one of these games without a shot. I mean, is there a tiny little part of you that thinks maybe they could get a dub? Oh, potentially without a doubt. They've got playmakers all over the floor. They've got defenders all over the floor. Um, You know, obviously when you go over to play a team in their preseason, you know, how much work have they been doing? You know, how much work have the OKC Thunder rookies and their young guys been putting in leading in before they've even played a game. So there's potential Adelaide have been playing together and been playing mm. games and they're in form. So yeah. to go to fly over and play a team that's probably just come together for the first time, you know, the start of the week, that handful of practices, how hard have they been going? How well do they know their sets? Are they going to scout? Um, all that comes into play. So without a doubt, they've got a chance. If they obviously travel the right way, look after their bodies, they're nice, fresh, fit and healthy to, to come out rolling. There's no way. And CJ's been there before. Um, you know, we, we made the mistake with the bullets to, to get up and try and full court kind of press. And it was pass, pass, dunk, and we're down by 20. So CJ's yeah. been there. He knows his style. Right. Um, he'll have a good game plan and, and keep, keep the ball in front and then just go down the other end and make plays. So um, do you think, the, do you think I, I think they got a better chance of beating the Thunder, obviously with the Suns roster. Um, For sure. For but sure. Who, they may come in and take it light as well. For sure. You know, it's not like the Thunder are going to be a powerhouse this season. So um, it's funny, these games, like we we see the best case scenario and we imagine it and you can sort of see it playing out. Randall gets hot from the perimeter and Craig Randall's getting hot and they hang with him and they're in the mix. There's also this other thing that could happen, which is they just get blown off the floor, <laughs> <laughs> which is what happened to you in that game in Phoenix and has happened to a number of these teams. And has happened to Adelaide a couple of years ago when that, that happened in Salt Lake City. So, 
man, I just, I'm going to be sitting courtside and just praying that they can hang with them for those first three quarters. Well, I think now that it's happened a lot more and a lot of these guys have played some kind of NBA basketball, whether it's G League, some have played in the NBA for small, small parts of time. So I think we're more used to it now. It's like when the Boomers used to play Team USA, it was like, man, we're playing Team USA. Now it's like, well, we play the same level. Right. It's, it's not in it. No one's intimidated anymore. So I think they can go in there with that mindset. Um, there is a risk, of course, that, that um, you know, it might not go so well and the, the Suns might come out and just be super hot and there's a 15-point lead by quarter time. But yeah. um, I think there'll be great games. Like you said, it's great for the NBL. And um, I just want to get to a level like you where I can be that guy to fly over as part of the, <laughs> part of the team and, and experience a trip again. We'll go together. Let's go together. I like it. Um, all right, topic number three. I want to talk about this Ariel Hook Porty injury, what it means for Melbourne United. We talked about Joe Chi earlier. Melbourne made a play. They came in hard at the 11th hour and tried to get Joe Chi and wrestle him out of Southeast Melbourne's grip. Didn't get it over the line. He's going to the Phoenix. Now they still have Hook Porty on the sidelines and nobody has a replacement. Now, it's clear that with that spells to us all that they're going to make a move of some sort but in the meantime what do you think it it means for their squad what does it mean for Isaac Humphreys how much does it impact on their championship credentials obviously horrendous injury the the old you know take a step and look behind and think someone kicked you in the leg is just it's obviously devastating and obviously everyone's thinking of him and hoping he, he recovers really well Massive setback for them. Obviously, Isaac has to step up. Um, you know, he had a very interrupted year last year. Didn't play a lot of games. Um, you know, Melbourne obviously brought him in and he's going to have to play huge minutes to fill that spot. Obviously, Barlow's come back. You know, Mason Peatling hasn't done anything this preseason um, after a knee clean out. So their bigs are going to be in, you know, it's going to be tough for them, obviously. I think they're just going to have to play some small ball. Um run and gun style, maybe switch a lot of stuff. Um, but to find a replacement, it will have to be a local or a next star, or they're going to have to, you know, release an import. So it's going to be a tough, tough for them to work that out. I'm not sure which way they, they go to sort that problem out. Yeah. I mean, you would imagine everything's on the table right now, um, including, including having a look at what, what they have and what they can move around. Because if they had been able to get that Joe Chi signing over the line, they would have had to have made a move, release someone who is currently fully contracted. He'd be a special restricted player, but it still takes up a roster spot. So that would have had to have happened. Now, if, if not him and not a special restricted player, if it is an import, well, they've got three imports on the roster. So then you look at it and you go, all right, well, so if you feel like you don't have enough at the five, do you feel like you've got enough at the four without Jordan Caroline with Mason Peatling and Dave Barlow and David Aquera? And is that, can you, can you make a change there? Can you play Jordan Caroline significant minutes as an undersized five to uh, uh, paired alongside Isaac Humphreys? Do you then look and say, well, all right, we've got Shayeli and Xavier Rattan Mays at the one. Maybe we don't need that. I mean, Whew, man, if you're Nick Wilson, <laughs> Dean Vickham and that coaching staff, there's a lot to kind of think over right now. You would imagine the play at Joe Chi was a little opportunistic. Bang, let's go hard at that and see if we can get that done. And, and now it's probably a matter of, all right, let's go into the start of the season. Let's see what it looks like with Isaac, how Jordan Caroline gets going to begin his time in the NBL, get a read on it and take it from there. 
100%. No doubt on their whiteboard, they have all those options you mentioned. Do we move, you know, release one of our guards and and use that for a big spot? Do we move our, do we release our big and get a big? Obviously, Mason, like I said, Mason hasn't played at all. Dave Barlow's just come back from retirement. They're obviously going to be light on the bigs for sure. So no doubt they'll have all those options and they'll weigh it up. And, and like you said, they'll obviously start the season and see how they go. They'll, they will have to play small because they just don't have any bigs. But that can also be a weapon because, you know, other bigs and other teams are going to have to guard and, and play down. So there's that foot speed advantage. Um, the ability to switch smaller lineups is always a great weapon for teams to use as well. So it's, it's a tough problem, but Melbourne have been there millions of times before and they've worked their way through problems. And no doubt they have a list of, they would have a list of their best options available and you just work your way through that. So um, yeah, like I said, they've done it. They've been there. They've done it before. Um, it wouldn't be anything new to them. And they would probably have had a list of players waiting anyway, just in case. So no doubt they'll be fine and they'll be very interesting to watch to start, to start the season. Well, shout out Hook Porty. I spoke to Nick Trilson, their CEO, earlier this morning. He said he had the surgery overnight. So successful surgery. The road to recovery begins for him now. All right. So from a team that may have to play a little small at times, topic number four, let's talk about a team that's going to be enormous this season, has a lot of bodies in that front line, the Brisbane Bullets, because that's the big game in round one for me, the blockbuster in the jungle where Aaron Baines makes his NBL debut in front of the Red Army, John really patrolling the sidelines down the other end. I mean, that is that for me is the game that jumps off the schedule in round one. Well, there's a lot of stories to that game. Obviously, Perth missed the finals for the first time in forever, you know, last year. So there's that pressure to get them back. John really, the head coach who Townsville versus Perth back in the day was some of the best games with Homicide and, and really going over there to Perth and knocking them out of the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Bryce, I think, is, is primed and his preseason form mm. looks incredible for, to, to have a big, really big year. And then to see Bainsey back after what happened with him, the, the bullets look good. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about them. If Sobe's healthy, Tyler Johnson, you know, Kadi, DJ Mitchell, Tanner Krebs had great off-season. So they're going to be, I think they'll be asleep. If it's asleep, I know they've been talked about a fair bit, but I think they're going to have a great year. And to see Bainsey play his first game in, in the jungle, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. So I agree that's going to be a, a game of the round. Um, how, how do they cover the bigs of Brisbane? Well, that's going to be really intriguing because Tashawn Thomas is coming in a little underdone because he had that ankle injury and he's missed a couple of games. Um, Brady Manick is going to have spoken about this over the course of the preseason. Teams are going to go at Brady Manick. And if he has to play some of the five, I mean, it's going to be bully ball down low with Big Banger. That is the recipe for disaster. And, you know, um, Luke Travers, he was playing some four or five as well. Now, again, obviously, Baines will have to guard them on the other end. But if I'm Brisbane, I'm just throwing that thing into the paint, into Baines. They, they'll have to double. Now you're hitting Kadee, Sobe, Tyler Johnson for wide open threes. It's going to be a very interesting game. But, yeah, Perth are going to have to do a great job. And they do of boxing out, crashing the boards, all the little things that win you games. They do that. And that's been a staple of Wildcats basketball. So, It'd be very interesting to see how they start. I think you obviously have to start Majuk Majuk on Baines as that big guy, but they're, they're obviously going to be undersized. Well, I mean, that, I think that will be Thomas, right? I mean, he's back now. So he'll start, I think, on, on Banger. And then it's a it's a, just a solid diet of Thomas Majuk, Thomas Majuk, and just keep it to the, to the big bodies because he's such an enormous presence down low. Uh, just before we move off them, 
and hit topic number five. Let's talk a little bit about like expectations for Aaron Baines and the impact that he's going to have. Like every, people thinking Andrew Bogut and what he came in and, and did, and he had some enormous games where he had like 14 and 15 with four blocks and three or four dimes. And he was just the dominant force on the floor. Then we had Matthew Delvadova come back from the NBA into the league. And the, the, the feeling was just everyone just tempered their expectations on the kind of numbers he's going to put up. And then he goes out and hits eight threes and has 33 <laughs> points in Illawarra. What are you expecting, especially out of the gate here from Baines, from like a numbers and impact kind of perspective? I don't think he'll have as much pressure as they did, as Bogut did kind of coming back. Obviously he's just had this, you know, real nasty injury that, you know, he's probably lucky to be playing basketball again. So I don't think guys think he's going to come out and have 30 and 10. And I don't think he's going to feel any pressure. I know there's been a lot of talk about him, but he just looks like he's having the absolute time of his life. He's just loving playing basketball and he's really enjoying it. So, you know, for Bainsey, I think if he's like a 15 and 10 kind of guy, I think that's that's going to be really solid. Um, he'll clean up rebounds easy. I think the 10 rebounds won't be an issue. It's just whether he can make some shots and, and finish. He was shooting a lot of outside shots and um, from all over the floor in the blitz from the games that I've seen. So if he can knock down some outside shots, I think he's got to make a bit of a focus for himself to get inside and be a target in the paint. But, you know, if he can have 15, 18 and 10, something like that, then that's that's huge for the Brisbane, which they haven't had, um, you know, the last few years. For sure. For sure. All right. Hey, to finish off, topic number five ahead of round one of NBL 23. Who do you think is maybe just getting a little slept on coming into this season? Every year in the NBL, there's a there's a surprise packet. There's a team that was a little underappreciated coming into the season. You think about a couple of seasons ago, the Taipans. Everyone thought they'd be last. They're a game away from a grand final series. Uh, last season, it was clearly the Jack Jumpers, who nobody gave much of a hope. And then there they were in the grand final series against the Kings. So I'm going to take a couple of teams off the table for you because there's hype around Adelaide and there's hype around Brisbane. Those two teams in particular, who, who apart from the other eight teams, do you think is maybe a little underappreciated coming in around one? Well, I don't know if you can underappreciate a team that made it to the grand final, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of hype around the Jack Jumpers. Oh, I did both of their games as well at the Blitz and, they're solid. They've kept their core group together. They've switched a couple of imports, but they've kept their core group together. And they, they're winning games without Steindl, McDaniel, and Will Magnate. They know their roles. They're well-drilled. They know how to run their system. They play both ends of the floor. Um, again, they made the grand final, so I don't know if they should be slept on, but I think they'll come out. At the, I think they'll start 5-0 to start the season just because Whoa. they're not they're, they're not they're not dealing with pre-season let's get used to people they're two imports but talking to Will Magnet they're, they're gelling already so they have the chemistry they know Majette knows where guys want the ball they know how to run their offense Matt Kenyon knows to go crash the boards Jared Bairstow hits people and rebounds and boxes <laughs> out you know like they're not they're not having to deal with that pre-season you know all those issues when you bring a new team together so mm -hmm. I think they'll come out of the gates straight out um, I don't think they'll have any issues. They'll be locked in. They'll know end game situations, scenarios where they need the ball. Um, they're not. They're not having to learn and deal with all that kind of stuff. Definitely not going to beat themselves. They're not going to no. for all the reasons you just said. You're going to. They can. They, their floor is really high. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
five and zip to begin the season. So here's who they play in their first five games. I should have asked who they play first. <laughs> so they play the Phoenix in Melbourne on opening night. Heavily undermanned, the Phoenix. They, they host Cairns. They go to New Zealand. Um, massive game. I think that's the return game to Spark Arena on October 7. Then they host Brisbane and play in Adelaide. I love it. Can I start three? <laughs> can I say three? No, to be conservative. <laughs> Obviously, you know, in Adelaide, Brisbane, you know, I think going to New Zealand is going to be incredible. The first game back there, that's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere for them to play in front of. Um, obviously, New Zealand, kind of a newish team put together as well. So how well do they do on their first couple of games? But, you know, that's, it'll be close. It'll be maybe four or five to start their season. Love it. I love it. Hey, you're a Taswegian. you got to get around it. Absolutely. Who's your pick? That's a good question that I asked and you threw back at me. and I like Tasmania that's a good call for all the reasons you just said I reckon probably Sydney which is again we're talking about a grand finalist yeah but all the focus on Sydney is the three guys that they don't have but I think Derek Walton Jr is going to be a stud in this league I've picked him for all NBL first team I think he's going to be terrific Uh, we know what Justin Simon brings to the table Cooks, Vasiljevic, teams really built around them now. For me, the kind of X factor for that squad is going to be Tim Suarez and whether he is everything they need him to be at the five spot. And there's been some good signs from him over the last couple of games. So I think um, I think the Kings are probably just getting a little underappreciated right now. Well, they're the reigning champs, so they should be talked about. Like, no one's talking about them at all. So mm. that's, that's a really great... I think those two, Tassie and Sydney, are the two that obviously should be because they were the, the running grand finalists. So I think that's a great choice as well. Awesome, man. That's the round one primer done and dusted. And uh, you're going to be on the call. I'm, I'm heading off to the States bright and early tomorrow morning, but you're going to be on the call for a couple of these games. Who do you have? I've got second game. So that would be Perth and Brisbane, I believe. And then I'll have the Sunday game as well. I think that's New Zealand and Peter New Zealand playing Sunday. Whoever turns up and warms up down the other end. Whoever, it doesn't matter. But going to be a great, great game on a Sunday to finish the weekend. So I'm excited. They're in Melbourne playing against. I'm excited to get in the in the uh, in the hot seat and and do a live game. So it'll be a lot of fun. You'll smash it, and I'm looking forward to watching from from afar over the course of this weekend, and then working with you over the course of the season. We'll have a lot of fun. Have fun overseas. Uh, I'll be jealous. I'll be watching, and I look forward to joining you next year. Cheers, man.